Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM information with inspiration, reminding you that you can catch up with us streaming live, klgo.net. Also at lovetalknetwork.com. We're going to release some other exciting uh, contact points as we move along in the show because uh, Evelyn and I have, uh, oh, well, Evelyn, we needed one more thing. <laughs> no. Good morning, Miss Evelyn. How are you? Well, I'm just peachy keen. Well, isn't that sweet? Uh, we, we've got a surprise for our audience today, Cindy. We've got a giveaway. Oh, we're going to give away a family plaque to Slitterbaum. Yeah. And so keep your ears tuned, and uh, we'll tell you how you can win that. We got to wait later. for all of y'all to cool off, get your kids out of the house, yeah, and uh, give them a day where you bring them home so tired <laughs> you just throw them in the bed. <laughs> Well, it has been a week, Cindy, of exciting things, I think, that are going on. And when we look at our news and even the, new, the headlines on the paper today bring confusion to our hearts. I'm in this confused. Nation. Are you confused? Yeah. Okay. What are you confused about? Well, I mean, just exactly that kind of thing. You read one thing, and then mm-hmm. what do you do you even know when you read something mm-hmm. what that means? Are you getting enough information? Now, some of that, I think, is a personal responsibility to go deeper and to find out, you know, because we live in a soundbite world, and people Absolutely. will tell you what they want you to hear. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for instance, okay. one of the... One of the uh, most forward-thinking ministries internationally is uh, Exodus Exodus. with regard to bringing individuals out of the lifestyle, the homosexual lifestyle. Mm -hmm. In other words, not buying into the idea that this is a biological, genetic issue, but that it's a lifestyle issue. There are choices to be made in that, just like as mm-hmm. regard to adultery. my sin, your sin, adultery. you know, we may we may be daily tempted in that way. Some people are daily tempted in with pornography. Some mm-hmm. are daily tempted to steal. I, you know, I mean, there's there's daily temptations for all of us. Well, Exodus has decided to lay it down. As a matter of fact, they didn't just lay it down quietly and walk away, walk on. They gave a a public apology Mm -hmm. to homosexuals and gays and saying that they had not handled it, you know, in a way that represented Christ. So they had prayed for 13 months, they and the board, and uh, they decided to close the doors. They're going to open a new ministry. This ministry is going to be one of simply accepting people. The, the way, way they, they are, are and ministering to them right where they're at. Well, Cindy, those are the things that um, give truth a bad name in this nation. And we for weeks now have been talking about truth and uh, basically the yes life where you come to realize what real truth is, where Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And we've been taking that structurally and, and pulling it apart and looking at things like what happened this week with Exodus. Exodus has been a very successful programming of giving people the opportunity to know what the truth of what God says. It's a very difficult. You know, I have counseled for years and years mm-hmm. with those coming out of that lifestyle, both men and women, mm-hmm. and it is it is a tremendous uh, difficult. I'm, many people who find themselves in that lifestyle are 
are those who have been deeply wounded as mm-hmm. a child through uh, incest and right. uh, through sexual abuse and who then are very lots of confusion around sexuality and it's a very difficult and so I admired the work that they did the work that those who have wanted to come out of that lifestyle have done mm-hmm. too it's not well, easy yeah, it's it's going to split basically. There there is a group that's going to pick up God's truth in that regard and continue to work in that way without making excuses. Sure, there will be. Uh, and and that's just one of the issues. Another issue is is the young man named Snowden, uh, Edward Snowden. He was a whistleblower. You know, when he first hit the pages, everybody in America, because of what was going on in IRS and the untruths there, in in the persecution and harassment that was coming out of the leadership of IRS with regard to ministries like we have, uh, ministries like Focus on the Family. or Well, uh, Samar- look what happened with Billy Graham and right. Samaritan's Purse. Right. I mean, they were specifically targeted, and right. then there were any number of groups uh, associated with the Tea Party. It wasn't all yeah. religious. It was just any conservative group. Well, I'll tell you what. This one, I can hardly wait to read the book and and uh, go see the movie because, you know, talk about confusion around this. I mean, uh, did he leave because he knows he's about to be persecuted, mm-hmm. you know, for having given this information out? Now they're hunting him down. Yeah, they don't. You know, as he, you know, what's going on? Did he defect? Is he, uh, is he hiding out and seeking protection from... Our own government does, has it just gotten overwhelming? And, uh, you know, then there's some other things going on. Let's take well, the, the Carp and Gosnell thing. Oh. You know, the Gosnell thing, which has basically been settled now, which is, was the murder around, uh, oh. you know, live, uh, torture. Cindy. Yes. Well, now, you know, that's unfolding here in Texas mm-hmm. around Carpen, that, facility uh, in the Houston area has, has now been seized and closed. And, you know, lots and lots of information is that we're going to have our own uh, nightmare factory, mm-hmm. you know, uh, come to light here. And, uh, you know, the confusion rests around this. I thought that when Roe v. Wade came up, it was so that women didn't have to be in a back alley with hangers, mm-hmm. you know, bleeding right. out and dying. Well, we know that there's, you know, now Worse under than... the new laws, we know that there are women dying daily, mm-hmm. hemorrhaging and dying daily. Now we find out that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of fetuses being born alive. Mm-hmm. Well, it, you know, there's the battle going on in the legislature here in Texas. Uh, there was one victory in D.C. this week when the House uh, voted on the 10, what is it, 20 week or the week thing of pain. Um, and our battle is still going here. I think probably on a national level, it's not going to get very far because uh, the Senate's not heard it. And, well, and the president's already, and he's said already he's said he's going to veto. But here in Texas, I think one of the things, and you and I talked about this this week, one of the things about who where we are in this time uh, in our nation, uh, especially in Texas, is that we are being forerunners to some of the things God has called this nation to be in the year of truth. And uh, so they're still um, just talking about it at the Capitol here that, you know, it's going back to the committee, I understand. Uh, 
Our friend Carol came on with we us. We can get it out of the house. It's yeah. five very strong points. The one they're sticking on, I think, right now is the fetal pain. Pain. Yeah. And which is, of course, the overarching issue. You know, mm-hmm. before we used to have the argument early on, was it tissue or was it fetus? Okay, mm-hmm. well, now everyone has pretty much said, okay, it's, you know, it's it a baby. It is life. And see, these so are now the life. question is, is, oh, as you either burn them to death with saline or oh. pull them apart piece by piece, can they feel anything? Well, well, let's parse that one out. Oh, Cindy, it's just, you know, so what we're talking about today and going to be talking about is confusion in the era of truth. You know, the truth of God's word is that Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And that is our focus. That is our main point. The other thing is, you know, I had a great kickoff this week. (laughs) (laughs) Evelyn, Uh, kickoff or kick you. (laughs) I'm not sure which. There are times, Evelyn, you have the most voracious appetite for life. I wish my appetite for life was as big as my appetite for brownies. (laughs) But you have the most voracious appetite for life. Tell these folks what you're into now. Well, it's not me. It's (laughs) us. And uh, Whither uh, thou goest, so goest I. Well, uh, last week... uh, we had the grand opening uh, for uh, On Point Love Talks On Point, and which is On Point Broadcasting right. Network. Mm-hmm. And it w- we are going to be on on Tuesday evenings between seven and eight, uh, either on the website, uh, which is uh, Web TV, or on Channel Sixteen here in Austin. But the exciting thing is, it's going worldwide, and our goal for uh, On Point uh, Love Talks On Point is to tell the world that uh, we have a heart for love and we have a heart for life. And good things are happening in America. We've talked about all these things that are a problem today, Cindy, the things that are confusing to everyone. But that's not our outlook. No. I mean, that is not who we are. So move on. So we want to let people know it's kind of like the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal came out this week, the July issue. Wonderful stories about the good things that are happening in America. And so we'll be talking about that. We're going to talk about one thing specifically today in the city of Austin uh, with a young man. Uh, he's not a young man anymore that I know. <laughs> well, he's a grown man, but he's young at heart. Yeah. but And we'll talk about what is the wealth of life? What is the real mm. value of life? The wealth, that part of us that, that God blesses. I love to hear you say that. My granddaddy used to say if at the end of your life you could hold up your right hand and count on all five fingers, the friends that you've had, he said, you're a wealthy individual. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to say that because in the studio today we have our, my friend Jan Plunkett from Arizona, and she's been a longtime friend, and she's just kind of listening in on us today. But you're right. You know, it's it's life is is wonderful. It is wealthy. If you have those things that make it that. Well, let's, oh, yeah. we're going to come back and talk about that. We've got four tickets we're going to give away for a family of four. Um, and we're going to take the third caller. You can call us at 512-637-9673. That's 512-637-WORD. And uh, to grab those tickets, we're going to take the third caller, Juan. And Emma, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this wealth of life. This is Love Talk on the Word.
Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLG, the, oh, the word 1490 AM information with inspiration. Easy for you to say, not so easy for me to say, apparently. We're streaming live at klgo.net. You can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Actually, we should be taping our breaks because uh, our breaks are more entertaining in many ways, <laughs> although they're uh, not quite G-rated. So, all right, Evelyn. Of our personal story. Oh, no. Let's get down this road. Well, We're talking about we are truth. Talking, yes. <clears throat> we are talking today, and our main point is, is that life happens, Cindy. doesn't matter whether you're a young bride just starting out or... You, you life know, you get for sure happen. That right. is no joke. Or you're like I am, 82 years old, and you're still kicking up dirt. Well, you're, where are you going next? You're a bride. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, life basically is made up of a lot of yesterdays. We talk about the yes life. Uh, the decisions we make by the time we were 18 or 19 years old govern most of the way our life's going to go. That's very interesting. Because of education, because of family and relationships. Uh, and by the time 25, you reach 25, you pretty well made those major decisions in life. We call them the big M's, like, you know, who, what your master in life's going to be, you know, whether you're talking about you're be a Christian or not, what you're going to major in in college, uh, who your mate for life is going to be. So a lot of our life is based on what we decide yesterday. But mm-hmm. always our future is open to what God wants to do in our life. And we, in my stage of life, there are more, you know, yesterdays than I've got tomorrows. When you get 82, you know, you're looking backwards uh, or looking forward. But, you know, one time John Rustin said, there is no wealth but life. There is no wealth but life. Stop and think about that, Cindy. What is the greatest thing about life? It's the wealth of our health, the wealth of who we are in Christ Jesus. And when we know that, you know, it life is wealth. I mean, it, it's good because God made things good. When he created this world in which we live, and then he created Adam, he created Eve. He looked at them when he said, this is good. This is good. I have relationship. This is good. You know, he sends the sunshine and the rain and all the wind for the, and the bees to pollen. you know. Uh, but uh, the real thing in life is relationships. And so I think John is right. Uh, remind me of a, of a pastor friend who had a little boy that uh, he was in about second grade. And he came home one day and he was talking to his dad. And he asked his dad, he said, Dad, where did I come from? Well, you know, as a pastor's heart, what did he think? Mm-hmm. Well, no, who made well, me? Well, here's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, you know, kids ask that. Yes. They, and a thousand other things. In, in different ways. And so he took it to me and he meant, you know, uh, how was he created as God created Adam and Eve? And so he went through this litany of, you know, how God did this and like the birds and the bees. We call it the birds and bees story. And so he, he told the story uh, in a way that, created a real um, excitement for what he was telling his son. And the little boy's eyes just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And you, you can just almost make a movie out of that. But when he finished, what did he say? Wow, Dad. Wow. He said, that sure beats what Billy told me on the campus today. 
He said he came from Philadelphia. (laughs) And, you know, Cindy, when you look at that and you think about life, uh, it's not where we come from, but it is where we're going. I remember back in in this week, you and I uh, interviewed Alan Nagel. Uh, Alan was in the church we were in at the time, and I was on staff there, and he came in 1974, and we had been doing a lot of work in the area of prayer walking uh, our city uh, in different areas, in t- different zip code areas. And so when Alan came on the site, he was with Campus Crusade, and they set out this program called Here's Life. Here's, and I had really forgotten about that until we begin to think, talk about uh, the big campaign that's coming up in, in Austin. And... Um, They put up billboards, and it made a statement. I have found it. I have found it. And everybody was in town, you know, wondering. They had a phone number. What is it that this billboard's saying? What have they found? What have they found? And so after that, there was a series of billboards they put up, which really pointed to life, new life eternal life and they had a program and people trained to go out into the neighborhoods and to return those phone calls and there were thousands of them well alan's still on the on on the dirt the dust in austin he's still here and he works with abba which is austin built a bridge builders alliance Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And he is executive director, I understand. And they have this new program coming up. Well, one of the things that is, I think, important to talk about ABBA is that ABBA doesn't build anything for themselves. They're there as a conduit to serve others. And in this case, they're they're serving the Strategic Pastors Council, the mm-hmm. pastors in the city, and those who are ministering outward. And uh, so they've been working on this for about three years. Yeah, and uh, they've started the... The prayer piece of it is active. I mean, they've gotten their surveys done, and the materials are written, mm-hmm. but it's Explore God. and Explore God. Yeah, it's really about what will it look like for a city to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate. If you said, what was, you know, what do the you, main point, yeah, what yeah. do you, what do you see here? And then the question is, well, how do you get there? Mm-hmm. And so they found out that as the 1.7 million people in Austin, 1.1 of them of those serve of that 1.7 surveyed do not believe in God. But then they asked them a follow-up question and said, "Not believing in God, are you open to conversations about God?" 64% of that 1.1 said. Yes. So it's we're back to that issue is it's not so much about a rejection of Christ or Jesus himself, but sometimes a rejection of the perceptions of religion, who he is is and who we are. Mm -hmm. So if you were going to share the wealth of who Jesus is with a city, what is it you need? And so what they realized was that where where was the body of Christ? If the body of Christ is everywhere, you know, it's in the highways, it's in mm-hmm. the byways, it's in the marketplace, it's in the schools, it's in the emergency rooms. If we're everywhere, what are our barriers to being able to share 
the right. good news of who Christ was. That turned out to also be a perception. Well, I don't know enough. I don't know how to talk about Jesus. Well, I'm too busy at work. Mm-hmm. Or I have my own personal problems. But it was a perception. And so now what it is is they'll be working to have 10,000 ground troops who are willing to have open conversations with God around blessing those who are curious about Jesus, you know, which begins with prayer, which is to listen, which is to eat with them, to serve them. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that we have the conversation. You know, we're, you know, we're just parroting and paraphrasing what we know that's coming out of basically this uh, concept. But also 300 churches in Austin. So this uh, construct of one body, many churches Mm -hmm. coming together to equip the believers to love their community. That's what I, I. That's what Alan said that I thought was not just how do we get them all. Let's just get them saved, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it was how do you genuinely love your city, love your community, love your neighbors, such that the love of Jesus, whereas where the real wealth is in life. That's what we were talking about on the five fingers of our hand. Yeah. That's the wealth. Well, you know, when you look at that, Cindy, and you know that there are people out there that are seeking and searching, uh, you have to come to accept some responsibility for the city in which you live. Mm. We, you know, we just, we often say, you know, it's easier to hide out in the prayer closet and pray than it is to go out there and be a foot soldier. To be, you know, the angel army going about sharing good news and doing good things. But this city has done a lot of that through the years. Uh, you know, I think of uh, Daniel Jirasi mm. and that whole ministry they have. Mm. Uh, Which lot. is having, I mean, that is not just Austin impact. It's a model to the nation as we've looked at West, and they've been to one disaster. We're referring to Austin Disaster Relief Network. Well, you know, when you look at all of it, each one of us has a a piece in this picture puzzle that God's putting together of the love that comes out of a heart for life and for him. Mm. That's what it is. And I said this to Alan, your love on parade. You know, people are looking at you, see how great God is. And we don't understand that. Uh, We're confused by that. But we're even more confused, Cindy, by the fact that we have 1.7 million people that God has planted us in the middle of their heart that they might have an opportunity to know who he is. Well, here's, and that's life. That is life. Well, speaking of love, life, and, and not being confused, uh, one, I don't I don't think we've given those tickets away, have we? Okay, well, y'all wake up and get on the phones. Gee whiz, here it is, 512-637-9673. We have four tickets for a day of Life, love, and laughter at Schlitterbahn <laughs> for a family of four. Give us a call, 512-637-9673. Evelyn, we're going to come back, and I'm going to ask you, if God exists, why does it matter? This is Love Talk on The Word.
Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM information with inspiration, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. Also, that you can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, we, we're talking about, we've been talking about the contemporary issues of the day, some of the cultural stuff we were talking about, some things that are going on in Austin that are remarkable and a model mm-hmm. uh, to the nation of what the generosity of God, of what he's doing. Um, but we're really, you know, under this umbrella of truth and God is life and what is wealth and you know, in looking at this conversation that is anticipated across uh, the Central Texas area, you know, where people are open to God, you know, I'm sure some of the questions that are going to be asked are, we're well, going to be talking about those. What today. difference does God make? Well, and so and that was my really? question to you. Yeah. yeah. Does he really exist, number one? Yes. Question. Does he care? Does he matter? Does he exist? Yeah. Does Does he like me? Yeah. D- does he? Because there are people. I know that my dad believed that God at one time lived and created and died. I mean, he, he went through that season when God's dead, and that was back in the 50s, early 50s. There was a headline out of Germany said, God's no longer in control of this world. God's dead. And my dad believed that. <clears throat> and it was very hard for me because during the time, and, you know, I was either, well, I was in high, I was college when it first came out. And uh, he didn't want to discuss it, but he wanted it. I mean, it was a statement. I mean, it was a, a matter of life uh, for him. But it did matter because eventually he came to realize he couldn't make it everything happen the way he wanted it to happen. Mm. And that's what life is, is reaching for those things that we think will make us happy. And, you know, Pascal said, and he was a great scientist and for years was an atheist most of his life. He said, within the heart of every man and woman, there is a God-shaped vacuum that only Jesus Christ can fill. Now, people don't know that, Cindy. But what are they looking for? They're looking for something to fill their life. It does matter, and they know it matters, but they don't know. And and a lot of it, we've gone through this three months of talking about truth and fear. Do not be afraid, God said. Do not be afraid. And people have this misconception and wrong perception of who God is, that he is a God that just rains thunder and doesn't give me what I want and, you know, just never takes care of anything, just lets things go wild. Uh, That's not true. And people don't know that, and they don't. Some many of them don't want to know, but they don't know how to know is what it is. Cindy, how does a person that does not have someone that it gives them example of God's love come to know that it does matter, and it does matter for everyone. It matters. Well, I'm glad that you brought up the reference to Pascal, who is certainly not quote a theologian. Mm-hmm. Or a religious philosopher, but he, he was a, was a uh, you know a mainstream philosopher, and, and so I'm glad you brought that up because you know the debate that you and I 
have to listen to ad nauseum reminds me of the issue of are you even asking the right question? Right. If the question is does God exist, and we spend a we spend a lifetime as a generation mm-hmm. in our time walking through the proofs, yeah. the evidence of, in other words, you've got the issue around the Big Bang Theory, intelligent mm-hmm. design, you've got the creationists versus, uh, you know, uh, those that would say that, you know, we've evolved mm-hmm. out of nothing. The debate of can something evolve from nothing? That's the big you know, debate. These are the scientific conversations mm-hmm. around it. But here's why you and I do what we do. Week after week, year mm-hmm. after year. 30 years coming yes, up in October. is to talk about God exists because it is Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean go get the manual. Yeah. I mean <laughs> it is Emmanuel and not on your Internet. It is Emmanuel, God with, with us. us. Yeah. Unless it is a personal exchange, and are you, is it going to take the bones from the tomb? Finally, Hmm. is it going to take a visible sign in the sky to answer the questions? Does God exist from a scientific debate is likely to not be answered in our lifetime. Well, it it comes in spurts, Cindy, (laughs) Uh, because uh, the fact that the, the need is there, the need is there is evidence that God exists. You, you'll find in life very few people that'll go through thinking, I've got everything I want, everything I need, I made it myself, I'm keeping it. Well, you keep it till it's time to, as my mom used to say, put on the shroud, which has no pockets. You know, it's all gone now. So you have to stop and think of what is value in, in life. It is relationship. It has to be that. Uh, one of the greatest evidence is when God does something that nobody else can do, Cindy. And I can give you a good example. Uh, Brian Birdwell mm-hmm. was in the Pentagon when the plane hit the Pentagon after it had hit uh, the towers. And he heard the bang, but he didn't know what it was. And he opened his door. And when he walked through the door, all of the diesel exploded around him. He was on fire everywhere. And all he could do was say, Jesus. At that moment, the sprinklers came on and put out the fire on him. I mean, in a many seconds, whatever second that is, it's not a second. God existed for him in that he came and gave him life. That example is true of the heart as well as it is of the body. Because there are very few in life that go through that are not yearning for something more than what they have. Well, and let's take that same example a little bit farther. So then if, so God showed himself miraculously, which of course you and I could sit and swap stories with people for hours on the same issue, then for the what purpose? To reveal himself so that Birdwell could go on to live his life without acknowledging God, treating him as if he doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. 
sometimes in asking the question, does God exist, in that very question is the behavior of our culture today. Mm-hmm. We treat him as if he doesn't exist. So Let therefore, me. we don't know that he does exist. But in Birdwell's case, Colonel Birdwell, now serving in a completely different capacity, purpose, promise, plan, and power, passion. Yeah, power. and passion were revealed. Well, that's what he wants to do in our life. And the greatest evidence of that, Cindy, is when uh, when you when one comes to the realization, what is the real purpose of life? You know, if you it's like in fact James answers that. You know, we're like grass. Come at the morning, the sun shines, rain falls, and at the end of the day you will. Well, you have to know more than what you know to come to the acknowledgement and to the point of relationship that Jesus offers that God. Well, offers. this is where and in that's the- a promise He made in Old Covenant. He mm-hmm. said, "I'm going to come. I'm going to take those bones. I'm going to put them back together, and they're going to dance again." And He was not talking about just bones, bones. He was talking about life, and that's what we're talking about, life. Well, you know, it's interesting that as the conversation about explore God. This is where kind of the convergence of those who know God and those who don't know God, don't know if he matters or exists. The question is, for everybody, is do you have a concept Mm -hmm. of the purposes of God for your life? Is what's guiding your perceptions of who God is? Right. Why he matters in your life and in my life? You know, Evelyn, we're going to take our break and we're going to come back and I'm going to ask you a question. Is religion enough? What is it? Is God bigger than our problems? Is God bigger than this universe that's been set in motion? And do how do we know a big God like that? Hmm. That's a big question. This is Love Talk on the Word. morning i am cindy vonna love talking in the beautiful blessed klgo the word 1490 am information and with inspiration reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net you can also catch up with evelyn and i at lovetalknetwork.com if you want to be uh get some tickets to Schlitterbaum for a family of four you can call us at 512-637-9673 and of course in the studio with me is founder and creator of Love Talk and First Lady of Love Evelyn Davison and you know one of my great joys in life is I get to sit on this side <laughs> of the microphone and ask you all the hard, hard questions. questions now don't do that with me by golly <laughs> But we're talking about this thing, you know, God, why does it matter? You know, in this world of confusion and chaos and, you know, when you're you're trying to dig out and sort out what's the truth and, you know, then the question becomes, well, you know, if I'm just treading water out here in the big pond of life, you know, why does it even matter? And we talked about what it is, 
you know, with with the example of Colonel Birdwell, uh, to move beyond the debate and to look at the question differently, you know, of uh, the existence of God into the exchange of the life of God to where he touches us profoundly and then reveals purpose and promise and power. But I am going to ask you some questions because in our day and age, you know, there was a time when there was such reverence for God. Yeah, It was the God over all mm-hmm. and the God who heard and saw, knew our disposition, heard our words, saw our actions, and people were cognizant of that and conscious of that. It was a big God. Well, now we have lots of gods, mm-hmm. little G gods. Mm-hmm. They're little li- bitty. And even sometimes in Christianity, we want to put God in a box. Mm-hmm. One way we put God in a box is in put him in four walls. Yes. And we put up some stained glass windows. Yes. And, and we call it religion. And How's that I... working out? <laughs> <laughs> How's that working for you? You know, uh, the question is, is religion enough? Uh, no. It's not, Cindy. Uh, it's not religion. Uh that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about life. You can take a toad frog, and we've seen that with the salamanders in Austin, you know, mm-hmm. with, with these people that their number one goal in life is to save the salamanders. You know, uh, that becomes their religion. It, it's just, it, it can envelop your life in every way. Uh, we saw it with Moses when he, uh, when God called him back to the mountain and said, they're not doing it right down there, Moses. You better get them right. You Check know. out that calf. Yeah. And so what happened when he came back? They took the gold that they'd had that was their treasure that they brought with them from, from Egypt and made their own God because there was an absence. There was something that was not present in their life. And when we look at and if the answer to is religion enough, the only answer to that is no, but, but Jesus is. Looking at the old covenant and how God developed a people, he saved Moses in a, a basket in the middle of the Nile River because he needed a leader. He needed someone who actually couldn't talk. He, would, he had the same problem I did. He stuttered. God said, I want you to be my messenger. I want you to go into the world. I want you to go back. I want you to grow up. And he put him in the king's house so that he could get the training and get the things that he needed for God to use him. And the result was, is Moses didn't know how to handle it. And so God put him in the desert for 40 years. He went out there and watched the fire and the bushes and the lambs. And God spoke to him one day out of a burning bush. And said, Moses, I want you to get up. I want you to go. And Moses did. He said, no, I I got all these excuses. He didn't have that relationship that was so needed for him. And he didn't get it till he went to Mount Sinai. He went to Egypt, delivered his people, went to the desert for 40, wilderness is what it was, 40 years, wandering because nobody would follow And God spoke to him and said, this is what it's going to require for the people to be disciplined 
in their belief in me, not in themselves. Because when you've got a God of wood or a God of rocks or a God of gold, all you have is what you have in your hand. And that's not enough, Cindy. That's religion. That is not enough. It takes a viable personal relationship. And that's why God cared enough, Cindy, that John 3.16, he said this. Jesus is coming. And he promised in the Old Covenant, Jesus is coming. He told Ezekiel one day, Ezekiel was whining because the people were so cold. And he said, Ezekiel, there's going to come a time when I'm going to take out their old, cold, stony heart. I'm going to put in a brand new heart. And that new heart is Jesus. And it says in John, for God so loved us enough as he had created us for relationship and for loving him and loving others that he sent Jesus to pay the price for that which was wrong in our life. Pay the price of religion, what was wrong in our life, so that we might have a viable personal relationship with him. In Leviticus it says, apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Religion is sin, Cindy. When we, we pick up something in our life, when we hold on to it, that that's all our life is, that is religion. It's not relationship. But it takes relationship, and that comes only one way, by grace. It doesn't come by what we do. It comes by who we are, and it's called grace. We run this race of grace when we see the face of God and begin to receive him in, in life in a way that he gives us the power and the and, and the fulfillment and the and the joy of serving him. So that's the difference between knowing what matters and what doesn't matter. That's the difference in this life of what real confusion is. Does God love me? It's a question. It's not is religion enough. It's does God love me? Yes, the scriptures say God loved you. Love me enough that he came. Well, uh, you know, there, there are things that have been packed in and packed under the vernacular of religion that are incredibly important and viable. Prayer, worship, the knowledge of the mm-hmm. word. Through those things, the evidence of God is made real. Right. It is not the issue of duty. You know, it is that we do our, quote, religious duty. It is that we encounter God when we pray. We encounter God in our worship. We encounter God in the reading of the word. It is a mindset. This is back to that same thing, whether you are saved or unsaved. It is the mindset, the mm-hmm. perception of what it is, whether you are practicing religion or practicing relationship right. and pursuing God. Well, Evelyn, in our, in, as we look to wrap up this portion of our conversation, for those who are listening out there, both some who are saved and some who are not, mm-hmm. how is it? that people experience God, what is it that they need to know about the essential nature of God? Not just the experiential piece, but the essential nature of God. He exists. Mm -hmm. He matters. He cares. He wants a relationship. He first created us. Now, did he do it for then and not now? 
Mm-mm. Has he stopped sharing himself? What is this relation business you're talking about? Well, Cindy, it's, uh, it's what Jesus said uh, about the cross. He said, every day, because I have been to the cross and I paid the price, every day you go to the cross. And you pick up your cross and follow me. Now, we, we attribute that to death, like, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, the cross represents more death. suffering. Why does God yeah. want me to suffer? I know yeah. I got to get my cross. It's out. not that at all, because the cross, the empty cross, is a symbol of life, and so Jesus is saying, "Pick up your cross, get yoked with me, and follow me, and I will lead you, I will guide you, I will prepare for you, I will care for you." Uh, it's a matter of trust. You know, we use this little acrostic P L Y P is you praise him and you present yourself according to Romans 12. Present, present yourself to him. Say, Lord, I have you here. I don't know you, and but I understand you love me. And then you listen. The L is you listen to what he has to say to you and you learn of him. And then how is it the relationship develops? It's with a Y. You yield to him and yearn for truth in your life. And he will give you truth. And that's what life is, Cindy. It's the truth that he loves us enough that he paid the price for us. And it's a free, it's free gift. It's by grace. And so it's just simple. Acknowledge you need him. Believe that he loves you. And confess it to him and say, Lord, I commit my life to you. I yield to you. Come into my life so that I can have this relationship that Cindy's talking about. Well, you know, the stunning truth of God is sometimes uh, that we're, we're pursuing the wrong questions. And it is not so much why does God matter and does God exist. It is uh, oftentimes in that, as you talked about, that small uh, acrostic there, it is. God, you formed me, you made me, you spoke me into existence. I've been born for this time, and you have a purpose for my life. You sense the nudging of the Holy Spirit pursuing you in this one thing that you just can't quite put your finger on, this more of life. And the running of the race is not that you run harder and stronger by yourself but that you look down that road and you see there's one who's going to carry you all the way across that finish line who will be able to talk to you about that purpose, about that plan, about those promises, demonstrated promises, and about the power so that the passion of God in your life can be revealed. Evelyn, uh, it is a fabulous time to spend with you and Jan And for those of you listening out there, we'd remind you that if you give us a call at 512-637-9673, we've got four tickets to Schlitterbahn for a family of four. That is 512-637. Sorry about that. Oh, just got the high sign from Juan. We're good. All right, they're gone. And But I do want to say one thing before we go. Hey, you can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com and onpointbroadcasting.com Tuesday night, 7 to 8 o'clock. Or on Channel 16. It is Love Talk on the Word.